Is it Mr. Hooper? I'm not sure. You saved my life. Thank you. You are alone. I have two droids. We've come in search of a ship that crashed near here. Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. The ship you seek is nearby. Are the Imperial troops near this planet? They are here, friend. And growing more powerful. I take it you have no love of the Empire. I don't. Well, neither do I. It will be easy to find the ship you seek. Follow me, friend. And here we go. Gentlemen, we are tonight's entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 142 of The Sith List. I'm your host, the Raj Dolachai, and my pre-endgame episode podcasting pilots and crew, the young, the restless, the bearded one, the Pirates of the Caribbean shirt-wearing. That's right. <laughs> Carlos. Boo Arguello. The man we call Crunch Crunch, the man who is over his Chicago deep dish hangover man hopefully who won't be crunch crunching next to me tomorrow mr less is actually gonna smuggle some food into the theater yeah less told me that he's really <laughs> pumped up to try to smuggle some food into the theater oh I'm, I'm legit it's three hours dude come on man three hours. i'm taking a carne asada burrito in there i was about to say what are we smuggling you can't take yeah, a carne asada put, put your order in dude i'll get it Damn. in. i'm getting <laughs> it in carlos trust me dude <laughs> And I want to be over there munch munching, dude. No, I, I already have my plan because there's like a Costco like down the street from the movie theater. So I'm gonna hit that first, have a hot dog, maybe even get like a like a smoothie or something like that, and then go to the movie. I have a jacket that I could slide things. It's in gonna be like inside. 80 degrees. I'll make it. Take work, your pants dude. off and jacket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that, but definitely getting me some. It's get. It's going down. The man we call. El Hombre. The man who sings, Hello, is it me you're looking for? No. Better than Lionel Richie. Mr. Eric. Is into Lionel Richie. Strathers. So am I, buddy. <laughs> man, I sort of don't know what to say after that. <laughs> that was a shutdown right there. Oh, the man we call. What do we call him? This is a rough one tonight. King Tom. I know, but I don't want King last name Tom. I know, but I don't want to do something different than King Tom because at the end I want to say gentleman the king, you know, that kind of thing. So we, the the man we call his royal majesty, the man 
who appears weekly on several podcasts that you have all listened to several times. That and when you hear his voice, you bend down on one knee and give thanks to his greatness. The one, the only, King Tom, Tom Chance. <laughs> did you, did you say me? Oh, say it again. And, and I don't I don't remember if it's naturally or the way it should be or whatever, but hello. How you doing, King Tom? Um, I am doing, I am very happy to be a stowaway tonight. You are doing way better than I am, I can tell you that. Oh, our Midwest <laughs> well, guys yeah. are carrying the episode so far, man. We're dead over here. You know what it is? It's I, I stopped drinking beer while I'm recording, because I thought that would be a good <laughs> idea. So I'm drinking coconut beach, coconut water. <laughs> it's not working for me. <laughs> I'm going back to beer. <laughs> coconut beer. I'm going to coconut beer, that's right. Mango cart. Oh, that's, that's good a good beer. one. How, how's everybody doing? King Tom, you're doing great, you said? Yeah, doing great. Just uh, trying to avoid the rest of the world for the next 20 hours or so. That's yes, right. that's going to be crazy task is to make sure people don't screw it up for us. That's for sure. Mr. Strathers, how you doing, buddy? Man, I am fantastic. So today I took a day off work along with my wife and we took our children to the zoo. And if anybody is ever in the St. Louis area, our zoo is a banger, man. It's uh, it's one of those where they really make a point to make sure that the, the animals' habitats are as close to natural as possible. Tons of them are rescues. The weather was slightly rainy, but not really that bad. We had the whole place to ourselves almost. No lines, no waiting, no nothing. That's they awesome. Got a, a pretty cool, they got a pretty rad polar bear exhibit. Ooh. Yeah. I got to see him feed an anaconda today. That was Ooh. a scene. I'm like, really come cool. on, kids, let's go. That's a dead lamb in there. <laughs> Did you yell out, my anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun? No, dude, get this. The zookeeper was screaming it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the highlight. Fuck the grizzly bears. <laughs> zookeeper is screaming, my anaconda don't want none unless you got lamb, son. Exactly. <laughs> I heard you. I already apologize. This is what we call chemistry, and apparently we don't have any of it. <laughs> oh, Labu, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling good. I'm excited. I'm not ready, but I'm excited for Endgame. So yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. Less? Uh, I'm okay right now. I'm really excited for tomorrow, though. I am too, man. I'm I'm pretty pumped up. I'm so excited to see all those characters come back that I knew that was coming back. Anyways, I'm very pumped up about that. I got this awesome thing today from the DMV. Some of you guys might have seen it on Twitter. My lovely wife, Lorena, bought me a birthday present about, you know, in October. And it DMV took all this time to make a wonderful, beautiful, old school California black license plate that says the Sith list. Worth well, the actually wait. it says Sith list. Yeah, worth the wait. Yes, it looks awesome. And I have it on Twitter. So check it out. And I wanted to thank my wonderful wife for that amazing birthday gift. Thank you very much. And hopefully people don't flip me off and say, fuck the Sith list. You guys suck. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I don't want to get in a road oh. rage with people, but we are proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network with podcasts like Now This Podcasting, Blue Harvest. Congratulations on 200. That is coming up very, very soon, people. Steel Wars, Rogue One, Podcast 217, First Order Transmissions, The Cargo Hold, and Fingered with Randy and Jason. Check them out. Check us out. On social media, thesithlist.net, we have all the episodes. We have places to go to buy some merch. We have links to the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Email us at thesithlist at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram, and then we'll give our Twitter stuff out at the very end. 
So that is the shenanigans for this week. All right, guys, before we get into this crazy podcast of Star Wars and Endgame and Game of Thrones, there's a lot of shit going down. Let's talk a little box office. And I might need a little help pronouncing this uh, name. I know. I got it. Thank you, buddy. Leading the Easter weekend charge was Warner Brothers and New Line's The Curse of La Llorona, which topped expectations as audiences continue to crave new horror, giving Warner Brothers and New Line their third straight week at number one. Unbelievable. Disney and Fox Breakthrough delivered a top three performance following its Wednesday debut, and Disney also saw Captain Marvel enjoy a nice bump over the weekend, going over $400 million domestically. People are getting ready for Endgame, so they all went to go see Captain Marvel one more time. This was the worst Easter weekend in a decade, is what boxofficemojo.com put out. The Curse of La Llorona made $26 million. Shazam made $16 million, and Breakthrough made $11 million. So that is your box office report. I think it's time for a little Star Wars news. In the crazy world of Star Wars, we've had a crazy week. We didn't really get to talk Mandalorian with you last week, but we are going to dive into it a little bit this week, and we're also going to dive into some crazy, spoilery news that came out from our boy, our man, Jason Ward, and the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, uh, makingstarwars.net. You can check out all that stuff, and we'll warn you before we start talking about it. Don't freak out. I will give you time to make sure that you can fast forward the spoiler talk. But Mr. Strathers, you want to talk a little bit about what, what we thought about the Mandalorian panel and, and the Mandalorian, because we didn't get to do that last week. Sure, man. So, okay, I'm really a little bit surprised. I was hoping that that would be like the official trailer and the official reel that we got to see would be on the Star Wars channel YouTube by now. Uh, Star Wars YouTube channel by now, but it's not. But if you want to see some fan shot <laughs> cell phone video of it, it's still pretty good. Okay, it's good to see. So the biggest takeaways from it immediately are, number one, budget's obviously huge and it looks fantastic. Number two, Werner Herzog is so cool. He <laughs> his His character, the grizzled, uh, just approach to things, how cynical he seems, all that. It's it's darker, and I mean, oh, here we go, dark and gritty, faster, more intense. It's but seriously, considering it's a Disney property and it's going to be a Disney television show, it seemed pretty dark yeah. in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. But you know, it seems like there will be a, a handy amount of violence, and I I think that's cool. The uh, it's hard to tell plot point wise. Just, you know, how the whole arc's going to go. But it looks fantastic. The people were super stoked on it. And I've had a number of people say that they're more excited for The Mandalorian than they are for Episode Nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that a lot as well. We, Les and I didn't get to see. We got... No, we were in the air, I think. We landed right when it started. Yes. Unfortunately, and we didn't get to uh, experience that with all you wonderful people. But what I did see on the internet was pretty amazing. And Pedro Pascal looks like he is really excited about playing this role. And kind of like John Boyega when he first got the role, I felt that from Pedro Pascal. Like he's very pumped up about this. King Tom, what do you think about the Mandalorian? You got to see the panel, correct? Like you said, Pascal 
exuded enthusiasm as did Carl Weathers and Gina Carano. I think everyone who is a part of it seems like they're very excited about it. And from the footage we saw in the panel, I, I was there. It really looks like they're going to be trying new things, seeing the um, IG-11 or whatever IG droid it was in action, that one bounty hunter with the, the shoulder cannon, um, in addition to the, you know, his hand weapon, the, the fact that Mandalorian bashes a stormtrooper's helmet in. It, yeah. It's like they're trying things that story elements and visual visual elements that they haven't done in the movies. And I think that's a great idea for television to expand that way. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the technology that they use for this. I mean, they use this groundbreaking technology. From the footage that we saw, how excited everybody is. Yeah, like like King Tom was saying, how it looks. It looks very cool. It looks very cool with with the recent movies. Everything's kind of shiny, looks kind of bright, you know, bright color, stuff like that. This looks, you know, sorry to rephrase it, but it does look kind of, grungy a little bit dirty like this is the these are the places you the don't want to be yeah exactly these are the dirty parts of the uh of the galaxy and stuff like that these are where you know bad deals are made this is where you know people's fringe, lives right the fringe exactly yeah. yeah 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 the outer rim and stuff like that so yeah so it looks great the action looks really cool you know it, it looks like there's going to be a lot of not not like uh not like trench warfare but like you know in the streets, stuff like that. It's not going to be very much space warfare, but it looks like it's going to be a lot of this guy's held up in his bunker, his, his house. Combat. Exactly. Yeah, he's held up here. We have to go get him. You have to, you know, bust in there and go go get him out. You know, because I, you know, because the Mandalorian's got to get paid. You know, that kind of shit. So yeah, it looks really good. I'm super excited. One thing I was so excited to hear was that George Lucas is kind of a consultant on this thing. So Collider spoke with Giancarlo Esposito about his experience on the Mandalorian. This is what he had to say. Well, you know, what's cool about the Mandalorian is you figure a guy who wrote it, who figured it out with George Lucas would direct every episode. That would be all ego, right? He has amassed some incredible directors from different parts of the planet to give their take on an episode. I find that to be so phenomenal because when we have new and fresh ideas, every single episode coming into the show that reflects the fans because the directors are also fans. They're from Australia, from England, from wherever you are. It reflects their take on their people on how they saw the original and how they're going to do it as well. So you get new, fresh energy into a piece that is already energetic because of all the stuff that's going on on the screen. Because all the technology that they've worked out, this is going to be a fantastic show. That's from Giancarlo. And reading a little bit more about it, I guess Mr. Favreau spoke with George Lucas all the time about this. Is that something that was said on the panel? No, I don't recall that, but here's the deal. And I, I do just have to throw this out there. I was going back and reminiscing about celebration and violating my own rule about never listening to podcasts that I'm on. But <laughs> I was listening to the episodes of the Bad Motivators from it. And I was listening to myself talk about the Mandalorian and how I didn't notice. I didn't see Bryce Dallas Howard in the behind the scenes reel or any of that. And so I was watching, uh, you know, some camera shot footage from the thing. And then I see her plain as day. And yep. then I think back to how was it that I missed that? And I remember how there was some butthole in my row <laughs> who wouldn't stop talking the whole time, the oh. whole time talking. Do I know so this if they butthole? said that during the panel? Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. But if you if they said that during the panel, I don't. Recall. I don't. I don't think he mentioned Lucas. He did mention t talking with Filoni a lot. 
Right. That's what I remember seeing is that he talked about collaborating with Filoni and asking him all kinds of questions. But I guess Luke, he picked Lucas's brain big time on this, which is pretty cool. Well, that's cool, cool man. Yeah, it's great. It's it, the fact that, well, there's just a couple of things. The guy's a genius. He gave us this in, this whole thing. There was a gigantic Star Wars celebration, all because George Lucas made this movie in 1977. Okay, you can't get past that. Even though if people felt like he stumbled after a certain point and all that, he conceptualized this whole deal. And the fact that he's willing to still be involved after everything is, to me, speaks volumes for his love of it. Also, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that is the Mandalorian, and we can't wait. Do we know the exact date when this thing is coming out? Uh, November 12th, I want to say. I'm not 100% sure, but I know it's November. Right for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think it's like right in the middle of November. And that's going to be a weekly episode, and we can't binge this thing, correct? That's, that's my yeah, understanding. Yeah, that sucks, but yeah. Okay. Well, at least they filmed all of it, not like. <laughs> yeah, did we have week. to wait a year and a half. Yeah. Now, we're going to dive into some crazy news. Now, if you're not into spoilers and you don't want to be spoiled for episode nine, I would say please fast forward about 10, 15 minutes. This might be a good one to talk about. So this is very spoilery. So in five, four, three, two, one, play the spoiler. Spoiler alert! Mr. Strothers, can you guide us through this crazy news? I can. Well, there's a couple of things, okay? And let's talk about the <laughs> least crazy of the two. Well, I don't know, man. It's crazy also. Okay. But, you know, we heard that it looks like they could possibly be, like, at uh, back on Tatooine because you see the Lars Homestead and things like that in some, in some like, leaked production images, right. okay? Well, Mr. Ward... Um, it has his sources have speculated, or maybe not speculated, it's the wrong world, word, but that what is happening during a battle between Ben and Ray is that through the force, they're being transported to all these places during their fight. Oh. That it's not... It, but like time and space is being bent somehow via the force with our, but not, I don't know if that means they're actually physically there or if it's like, um, well, I heard somebody say, so like if you're familiar with Harry Potter, like whenever they're using the pen sieve and they go into somebody's memory and they can walk around and see everything that's going on, but nobody else can see them because they're not really there, but they're there kind of maybe something like that. That's crazy. Yeah, so you know, to see the force in all of its glory, I feel like that really pulls on the prequels pretty hard, which is cool. It's and it really encapsulates like what the Clone Wars did with the force, and especially what Rebels did with the force. To see more of this greater mysticism that it's so much bigger than anybody could ever really capture or think of on their own. Wow. If that that makes any sense. That would make sense that rebels did what they did. It would completely make sense. Yeah. Wow. And so, but, but past that, like I don't have any hard details on that. That's, that's the best of my understanding. And I, I cannot qualify this enough with that phrase, the best of my understanding. So you are in favor of this. Yeah. 
it would take us to Tatooine. It would take us. I just visualized right when you said that. I visualized my favorite scene of all time is when Luke sees Vader in Empire for the first time. You're not a Jedi yet. That whole line and the the igniting of the lightsabers. I wonder if they get into that whole thing. Yeah, I don't know because you know that in Ray's yeah. Force Vision, right? You mm-hmm. saw that scene, and originally she was going to see them fighting. Yeah. So, so they, they've teased us with this already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, I think that's I think it's pretty cool because the Force as a mystical thing. I, I don't know, man. To me, it, that really feels good. And for the most part, I I feel like everybody's pretty stoked on this this movie. Ryan Johnson had a really cool tweet about the trailer that I thought was yeah. excellent to see. I don't have it in front of me, but it was a it was a big thing. He's floored by it. Really digs it. He said that. Uh, he said that it made him feel like a boy again, a little boy again. Yeah, that was what it was. That's great. King, King Tom, what do you think about this whole time? Not time traveling, but getting into different spots where the force was most prevalent or strong. I'm not one of those people who needs to see new force powers, but after hearing it, I think it's an incredible idea and I can't wait to see it in action. Like, like you said, Araj, uh, it, it feels like something out of Clone Wars or the wacky out there parts of, I'm sorry, it feels like something out of Rebels or the wacky out there parts of the Clone Wars. And I'm just so happy to see they're saying that this is going to tie up the whole saga or this whole Skywalker saga. I'm glad that even those parts are being considered as an element in this. Man, can you imagine if they go to Mustafar? They would, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a big, that was a yeah. big moment. It would be, Mustafar would be like prequel stuff would be in there as well. That's crazy. The gates yeah. on, on Naboo underneath the city from the Phantom Menace. Yeah, right. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's rad, man. I hope that's it now. I'm going to be bummed if it's not. <laughs> if this doesn't come through, I'm going to be bummed. Huh. Well, it's so here's here's the other big thing. And this, the in-universe and, and in-real-life aspects of this <laughs> blow my mind. And Me that's that, that Harrison Ford will be back in Episode 9 to reprise the role of Han Solo that is probably like I think Jason described it to the best of his understanding that it's probably like a dream sequence or maybe the uh, a force back force vision type of thing where Luke is basically bringing Han to Ben Solo to tell him that look it's not too late come back to the light I forgive you <laughs> you're wrecking it you're totally doing this wrong that sort of thing and mm-hmm. the fa- dude. The fact that Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford is doing it to me is more of a surprise than the fact that Han Solo is going to. I know that's the thing. That's the part that blows my mind the most. That is insane, man. I, I have the sequence fragments if you want me to read them real quick. The, the first yeah. ones, the main sequence takes place between Adam Driver and Harrison Ford, or Kylo Ren and Han Solo, obviously. One of his sources called it a surprise intervention of sorts. A source that did not work on or see the sequence believed it takes place when Kylo Ren asked the burned Darth Vader helmet to show him the darkness again. And then he put the Luke, Luke Skywalker appears to be the twist in the encounter. So I don't know what happens with Luke. I think Luke, well, we'll see. The, ne- the next thing he put is the source was paraphrasing, but Han Solo tells Ben it's not too late and the sequence has a tone of forgiveness 
and understanding to it. He's not a force ghost in the classic sense, and he's part of a vision or dream induced by Luke Skywalker. And Jason says they don't have it all. It's just fragments, and they're trying to put it all together, but there's multiple sources that are confirming these things. So that's what he's putting. This blows my mind, and I think you're right, Eric. I can't believe Harrison Ford would want to do it again, and I'm very excited that he does. I know this is wacky and crazy, but if it's a dream sequence, it's not that wacky and crazy. No. Well, it's not, because if you think about, okay, the Force being what it is and what it's been portrayed as up until this point, but also just the psyche of somebody who's done what what Ben Solo has done. Right. I think that you would be haunted by that. Like, none of the people I've ever killed have come back to speak to me. I was going to ask you Directly in so many words, but, but, you know, I'm... I'm conflicted about it. So I can definitely see where this would come from. But I, w- I was going to ask you, though, there's a lot of people that say that when somebody passes away the next day or, the, you know, or that next week, they'll have a dream. And that dream is, seems very, very real. A family member that just passed away would come and say something to them or talk to them. I've had cousins and, and all kinds of people tell me that they've had that experience. So this is not that far-fetched. That could be something that in that vein, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, it's... It's a whole long story, but like when my grandfather passed away, I just, I remember my mom came to tell me in the morning and I told her, oh, I already know. He said it was around like 2.30, right? And she said, yeah. See? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I I know. And it was weird. I was 14 years old. I remember telling her that and I wasn't even sure how I knew, but I knew. See, that's what I'm talking about. So these kind of things, you know, people do have experience with this. Now, Boo, you're not a big fan of this of this storyline. I know you didn't look very excited about this. Um, I don't know. It, it kind of gives it, you know, my, my feelings on, on Kylo Ren, he's lost. He's, he's gone. Yeah, that's my feelings too. Yeah. That he so, can't be redeemed. No, he can't be redeemed. So not, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. I would love to see them try, you know, what is it? Han in some kind of way. And then Luke bringing him around and things like that to try and bring him back from the dark side, try and bring, bring him back from evil and it not work. You know him almost. You know, you know, get close to it, but sees it as a trap or a or a a ruse or something like that. You know, you're lying to me. You know, he gets angry and something like that, and then you just fully know that he is gone, evil. Yeah. So I I would enjoy it in that aspect of just you know you you have that glimmer of hope and you're like oh shit it can happen then it's just dash. Yeah, that that might be what this is. Also, that's what I wouldn't mind that either. No, that's what I'm kind of hoping for because I I like the idea of having a evil person i i don't think he can be redeemed at all i I think he's too far gone so i I would love to see him take that final step and be like no just shut into a darker world yeah very true yeah just say no and just shut the door and he's fully on the evil side now okay king tom i have an even bigger question for you what what if it's not harrison and it's alden (laughs) i was thinking that i was thinking (laughs) that like really Harris is like, fuck that. I don't want to do it. And they bring Alden all aged up. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm, I'm totally kidding, man. I'm totally kidding. What do you think about this? I am very excited about it. I'm, I was kind of blown away when I first heard it Sunday night. Uh, Like, like Boo said, I think it really can tie into the redemption either way. Because if the, if the father you killed tells you he forgives you and you turn away from that, there's no fucking way back to the light for you. Um, and I should say there's no way to the light for you for suggesting the thing about all. <laughs> <laughs> that is but, no, fair. I, 
a hundred percent fair, your majesty. Thank you. I, I love the idea and it's one of those <laughs> things. It ties up, ties up the saga. It brings up, brings back Harrison Ford for one last great moment and even ties into one of the last things that Luke told Kylo in episode eight that I'll always be with you just like your father, which drove Ooh, him fucking good nuts. call. Good call on that one. And how great is it going to be having Harrison, Carrie, Mark, and Billy D in the final film of this whole saga? I think that's epic if that happened. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That I think is really cool. You know, plainly they're not going to be together, but this may be our chance to see Han and Luke together. Oh, my in, Lord. In a sword. Dude, when you're talking about like if, if, Kylo Ren is able to turn away from this. Let me just use my son as an example in, in this. When my kid, Henry, refuses to do something, just refuses, what I would do is I would grab him and use his hands to do what it was I wanted him to do. <laughs> and then and then thank him for doing it. And dude, he would <laughs> he would lose his that's, mind. That's, I'm going to use that. I'm kill you. <laughs> it, dude, it made him insane with rage. And so like, this is just that multiplied by a million. That's the best thing I ever heard. I'm going to use that parenting tips. Number one, dude, Poor I'm Malik. full of good ones. <laughs> that's the, that's a great one. Oh, you're going to wash the dishes when it's like 18. I ain't wash no dishes. Really? Oh, Get over really? here. <laughs> Boy, do I have news for you. <laughs> That's fantastic. But yeah, I, I don't see. What, Les, what do you got on this? You think this is a great idea? I think it's probably the only thing that would actually work. To redeem him, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you'd have to, I don't know if we're at that point, but remember a few episodes back, I was like, who's the big bad guy? Yeah, who's the big evil? That would <laughs> no, I think Kylo we know. Ren. Yeah, I think exactly. we know now. And I think we know now. It's Pee-wee, so. Pee-wee Herman. The only other way is for him to lose something, which would mean for him to lose Leia and for him to go, okay, you guys killed my mother. That would be the only other thing I can think of if they have that written in the movie. That would be something they're not letting us know. Obviously, this was leaked and it would only help for to keep Kylo from just going supernova and wiping out everyone, you know, and just Mm -hmm. saying, I'm done. I'm taking everybody out. Jedi, First Order, Republic, all of it. Well, there you go. That was your crazy spoiler. So hopefully we didn't spoil you. Hopefully you heard the warning signs before. And and people, listen, I know you guys are like talking shit on Jason for the wrong things, actually. I've read multiple things about him getting blasted about the Palpatine thing. Guys, if it's in the trailer, I don't think it's a spoiler not at all. Especially when the character that plays him, the actual actor, is at celebration. I mean, if you think that you were going to avoid the Palpatine tell for the next eight months, then Shit. you probably shouldn't even be watching television. No, they're off the grid then. That's, yeah. the, that's what you have to do. To I understand this that. Han Solo thing, but Jason does a very good job of making sure that he prefaces everything that he puts out on his website saying, hey, listen, this is a spoiler. Please don't share this. Please don't put this in an article. Like he... Make sure he does that. Um, lay off, for God's sake. Glad you said the thing about people complaining to Jason, though. That's To me, that's ludicrous. If <laughs> you crazy. really want to stay that spoiler-free, you're, you're just going to have to avoid any place that mentions anything about Star Wars. It's 
if you don't want to know what was in the teaser trailer, if your plan is to go the distance, I'm going to make it eight months or you know seven months and not even know anything about the teaser trailer. Dude, you stop playing with your phone. Stay off Twitter. Stay off. It's just not feasible. It's, Eric, it's not even that. It's not even that. What if he's going to go watch Endgame tomorrow and the trailer comes on and he closes his eyes? Mm-hmm. He's still going to hear Palpatine's no, laugh. No, and, and not only that, that means they've completely disregarded Celebration and anything else. You know, let's say... Well, that's what the guy said. I haven't watched any trailers. I'm not, I haven't well, watched Celebration. See, people are... Come on. Yeah. That is just ridiculous. It's, just like Eric said, you really, literally, you'd have to go off the grid. You'd have to just shut everything down. Eight months, save all your money. Don't work. Don't do anything. Don't go anywhere because it's everywhere. The community is that large. It's just not something that's going to stay hidden. And this is something they wanted out there. You understand? Yeah, like that's this right. is something mm-hmm. that they were like, "This will get everybody going," and it did. And it's still going to happen. What did you say, King Tom, uh, uh, earlier when we were off air? Electric rod. Or lightning rod or something like that. Lightning dick. Lightning dick. This was. Thank you. This is. <laughs> this is going to give give us some lightning dick for eight months. Yep. This is like Star Wars. Cialis. This is what Palpatine's laugh was. All right, let's move on. <laughs> now I'm really uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, just uh, now. Just now. Yeah. Huh? Oh, now. Just that's, now. That's the worst thing I've said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the pop culture breakdown. We only have a couple of things before we get into Endgame talk. Salem's Lot, which is a story that I'm not very familiar with. I guess it was his second book after Carrie is what I, I believe. And this is Stephen King who I'm talking about. Yeah. The Hollywood Reporter, according to them, they're saying James Wan is set to act as a producer for the new Salem's Lot film. While Gary Dumberman the writer of several installments of one's Conjuring franchise, as well as the recent Stephen King's adaptation of It and the upcoming It 2, Chapter 2, will pen the script. I'm not familiar with Salem's Lot. All I remember is that the cover of the book scared the shit out of me because they have a dude that looks like Nosferatu on it, if I'm not mistaken. Anybody has read Salem's Lot? I have. I read it. You're a liar. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, you took my joke. How dare you? You're a liar and a fraud. (laughs) I think Eric read it. Yeah, I've read it several times, actually. Oh, okay. It's, I think it may be the first Stephen King novel I ever read. And uh, I really dig it, man. It's one that I went back to you know, every couple, three years. And wow. what it is, is this, it's the story of an author who goes to this, this smallish town and basically there's a vampire infestation happening. And through this like odd conglomeration of people coming together to help stop it. It's, it's very well done. It's a great story. And there was a a movie made of it years and years ago. That was not good. Uh, was it a TV movie? Because no, they said this is the first big screen adaptation of the book. I think they made a movie. movie. Was it like a, are you sure about that? Mm. Hang on. Let me just look at it. I up, thought that it, I thought of that as well. I thought when I was a kid, there was a movie called Salem's lot. But it was a TV movie. It was a TV I, movie. Okay, okay. I have not read the book. Okay, you have not read the book. Uh, less, you're, less you're a big fan of Stephen King. I am, but there's so many stories that I just haven't been able to get to. Uh, 
I, I've been, I have some Audible credits, so I guess maybe I'll load up Salem's Lot and listen to so it. So, Eric, uh, you suggest this one, right? Heavily? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Okay. It's, it's so good. It's so well done. It's just the depth that he goes into with character development and like the way his words just paint the visual. It, it, it was so, so good. It's a great book. Makes me want to go read it right now, actually. The right, 1979 TV movie was awful, though. Okay, 1979. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. And James Wan can't deny his talent. Well, Stephen King has a lot of content. Uh, an extreme, obviously, it's crazy for this man to provide so many different good stories, and then to get a. And some of the movies are hit or miss, and some movies, like you know, it's all good, man. This is just another good thing to come out. So I'm here for it. He's arguably the greatest <clears throat> fictional writer. Of our generation. He has to be. Right, with the amount of stories that he's put out. Absolutely. And the quality of the stories. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's a rare blend, is to be that prolific. Yes. But that, the quality be what it is. That's, it, it's tough, man. I, I would imagine that from an author's standpoint, and the fact that he's able to write as much as he does, have it still be as great as it is, and consume the number of books that he reads, and still be invested enough in popular culture that he's seeing movies and watching TV. How does he find time? Especially now that he's apparently doesn't do cocaine anymore. How does he find the time to stay awake that much? But it it really speaks volumes to it. It's a gift that he has. There's just no doubt about it. Oh, for sure. Between that and blasting Trump on Twitter, he is a He's a busy a, man. He's a fun read on Twitter. If you don't uh, follow him, please follow him. him and Mark, That's just him, him in a manic, manic mode, like legit manic. I got to write everything that comes into my head down. Yeah. Oh, and let me blast the president too, <laughs> yeah, and right. keep on going. It's just, oh, it's awesome. It's rad. So yeah, this is very exciting. I'm, I'm excited about this. Um, and they got the, the perfect writer to uh, take this on. I really need him to do sequel to Firestarter with Charlie Ooh. grown up. In doing her thing. They can do it. I saw The Dark Tower, which wasn't that good of a movie. I heard it was crap. But they had some element in there that I legit got really excited over. Spoiler or not, the power of the gunslinger is the shining. Is it really? Yeah. He says, my shine is this. Or the kid, your shine is your this. And we kept saying the shine. I'm going, what the hell? I'm like, wait, wait, what? How did that fly over people's heads? But well, and just, the movie. I, I think six people saw the movie. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's probably it, man. If that's a thing that is going through all, and if let's think about it, I mean, we're going on this tangent here, but when we're watching it and in the story, that's pretty much it. Like they're they it's have the shining, no like pun they, intended. I know they have some kind of power, and that's the label for it. So, uh, if he's just been doing that and just throwing that out there in all of his stories is like some kind of running element through his universe. And that, that green that just, mile, does he have the same type of thing? That would be John coffee. Yeah. Huh? And everybody may have a different version of it and it may not be called that. But when I saw the movie, I'm going, well, that's fuck. That's, that's the power. These characters have to fight these things off in that's the stand. Cool. That's part of the deal. Like when you're it's uh, yeah, that's, that's just speaks volumes to what he can do. Yeah. We have some Star Trek news. I know we've never talked Star Trek, but there's a Star Trek animated show is coming. 
Variety reports that there is an animated Star Trek series that has officially been given the green light by CBS Television and Nickelodeon. The new CG animated series will follow a group of lawless teens who discover a derelict Starfleet ship and use it to search for adventure, meaning, and salvation. What is this? This is is their answer to the Rebels, Clone Wars, Resistance. (laughs) This is them going, oh, yeah? Now it's our turn to drop something here. Please, let's take it. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the. You, you excited about this? This sounds like Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got was Scooby Doo in space. Yeah. My God. Scooby Doo in space. That'd be a total ripoff if you think about it. If they were to find some kind of canine furry character. Yeah, yeah. To be like there. Some, some fucking crypto kind of shit. Come on, crypto. Let's still go. That might be pretty flies. cool, man. Star Trek? I'm not talking shit on Star Trek. I'm not going to talk crap on it, too. It's very entertaining. It's our definitely great, held. Our great friend Emily Lynn's a big Yeah, it holds Trek a place fan. for me, too. I, I actually really do like Star Trek. So. Yeah, you're a big Trekkie. Oh, Ish. you're not supposed to call them Trekkies anymore. I'm right? not. Is that right? That crazy. I'm I can't sure. give you. Trekker. Like, it's Trekker, 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 yeah, but I can't give you... I mean, there's some people that are like, you know, the original series, episode hey. nine, timestamps and everything. I'm like... They were ahead of their time. You can't <laughs> deny that. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. To James T. Kirk, captain of the Enterprise. Okay, it's time to get into... What we're going to go see tomorrow. Unfortunately, we're not recording after... But we are going to record next week, and we'll give our reviews, and King Tom's coming back. Right, King Tom? Yep. Okay. I just put him on the spot there. King Tom's coming back to talk some Endgame. So before, and I think even Eric is going to go see it this weekend. <laughs> Dude, I might. I'm, we, really? My wife and I are trying to figure it out. But, oh, you know, that's I've great. Got, between our jobs and the, my stupid band, and God forbid, we had to decide we're going to do a benefit for somebody. There we go, trying to help others. That's you what and helping get. people. You and helping. I know. I don't know. I got to stop that because it's really not do. cool. Yeah, it's not. It's not yeah. good for you. Yeah. It's not good for you. <laughs> no. Uh, well, that's great that you're trying that. At least that's that's how big this film is. There are reports that this film might get close to 800 million on the first weekend worldwide. It's already made 100 million in China. They're reporting that it might make 500 million or 450 domestically on the opening weekend here. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. But before we do, there is a cool trailer video that they put out. Don't worry, it has nothing to do no with... Spoilers. No spoilers. No, 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 no. No new scenes, but it was kind of like encompasses the last 10 years of what we've seen with MCU. Okay. So I want to play that before we really dive into this. Heroes. It's an old-fashioned notion. A visionary, a genius, ensuring freedom around the globe. A symbol to the nation, a hero to the world. The beacon of hope, shining out across the stars. I look around at us, you know what I see? A bunch of a-holes possibility you think you know how the world works the world is changing we need Before we're done, 
have one promise to keep. If you can't protect the Earth, you can be damn sure we'll avenge it. Whatever it takes. Oh, man. Oh, geez. I want to see that so bad. That's cool. Yeah, that was, that was cool, right? Pretty damn sick. I want to play that to pump everybody up. Either you've seen it already when you're listening to this podcast or you're seeing it today. Hopefully you've seen it already. We've all, we all got tickets for opening night at 8 p.m. Um, we are very excited. And King Tom, I'm sure you got your ticket. Yeah, for 6 o'clock tomorrow, which is five hours before you see it. Now, King Tom, I always, when you see the <laughs> film before I do, I always ask you to do one thing for me. I always say, give me one word. That's right. He usually says, oh, right. So one, uh, one word. I will, yeah. hopefully, I will be coherent enough after having my mind blown, judging by what people are saying about it, right. to be able to get you one word. Right. Okay. So let's talk about it real quick. What is your end game, King Tom? I'm going to go with you first. Is there something specifically that you want to see in this film? I realize that after 10 years, we're going to have to say goodbye to some of these characters. I don't know who and I don't know how. I just want something that ties together the last 10 years and these characters that some of us, you know, we, we, we love them in their film incarnations, but also those of us who are in the comics are much more familiar with them through their published incarnations, too. So I want something that sends these characters out the way they deserve, honoring them while also setting the stage for whatever's next. Who's going to die, King Tom? One of the Avengers that it's going to be gone or... Cap. Oh. I don't, I right. don't want it to happen. Oh. Right in my heart. Right in my heart. Okay. I'll take that. Boo? Not who's going to die yet, but what, what is one thing you want to see other than Hulk busting out of his pants? Well, no, he's supposed to be wearing some... some uh, what is it? Lightning dick. Sure. Like, no, no, no. He's supposed to be wearing like some like badass spandex thing that shrinks and grows with him and all that. That's great. To be honest, I don't know. I had I'm going in with a feeling that I know that I'm going to be I'm going to laugh. I'm going to be amazed. I'm going to be shocked. Are you going to cry? Maybe. I don't know. I don't you know. You sit next to Les, you'll cry. Probably. Um, so I really don't know what I want. Like, you know, like uh, King Tom said, I do want a culmination, a you know, the, the bookend of the last decade, that's, that, that's what I'm going for. But everything before that, I don't know. I, I, I know it's going to be great from the reviews, and I had a feeling that it was going to be great, just like the rest of us. So I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of going in there just free and open. and just Open slate. E- exactly. Just excited and really happy for what I'm, what I'm going to see. I'm not ready, really not ready, but I am... Excited, yeah. Blank canvas. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And who's going to die? Yeah, who's going to die? I have to say Tony Stark's going to die. How dare you guys? What's wrong with you both? I don't, I don't know. It's your favorite character. I think, I think it would be the most impactful. You know, Captain America dying would suck a lot, but, you know, Tony Stark has been the face of the MCU for, you know, the past 10 years. So I think, I think that would be the biggest one, and I think he's the one to make the sacrifice play like you know captain america said that he wouldn't he's he's shown that he's willing to it he's grown as a person and as a character to do that and i think he's the only one that uh that thanos truly fears he knows that he is his his uh 
you know, the one on the other one on the battlefield that he game his plan. He game plans. He almost for. had him. He almost had him exactly. You know, he set up the plan and everything. He almost had him. I think he's willing to do anything, anything, whatever it takes to accomplish the mission. Yeah, that was Peter Quill's plan, by the way. Was it Peter Quill's plan? My Are we plan, sure about? by the yep. way. Yes. Oh, my bad. <clears throat> my bad. Poor yeah. Peter Quill never gets the credit. Yeah, well, I, I don't like Bingo fucking so. You don't like Peter Quill? No, I don't, I don't like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? Yeah. They, they, they hear that, King Tom? My mom hates the Guardians right, good. of the Galaxy. I love she my hates mom. it. Your mom hates? She Guardians hates. She's like, Infinity War was great, but them damn Guardians got to get them. Like, <laughs> yes. Mom, what's wrong with you? I like the Guardians. Nah. Love it, but uh, yeah. Meh. Ooh, well, you better get used to it because they're going to take over the next I phase. Know, it's, I yeah, know. I know. I even said that in a while. They're so, going to be around for quite some yeah, time. Yeah, they sure are. They're not going too far. I'm just glad that the one the one guardian that didn't get dusted was Rocket because he's the only one that he's matters. He's badass. Yeah, he's great. Hey, Nebula is a guard, guardian. She is at this yeah, point. Yeah, Nebula is a guardian. Yeah. No, to be honest, anybody who's still alive, you're an Avenger. <laughs> you sneeze, yeah. you sneeze uh, acid, you're an Avenger. You would, you're not a bad guy. You're an Avenger. What about you? You too. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, I think I agree with Carlos. I really think I'm ready, but I'm not truly ready. I don't know. This is something that uh, we haven't. Um, I don't think we've ever experienced this, right? Not a, not something that we've had ten years and twenty one. That's what films, I'm saying. So. Like all these films have actually, and, and I don't think it's anything like that. It, even all the other so called franchises out there, there's so many like breaks in continuity or you know gaps in production and you know we wait decades to remake a movie or bring a sequel to this this has been just boom 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 like we've just been getting content and just getting it pushed out pushed out and i don't know how i'm gonna handle this final i guess the the final chapter like to just close it all off you know what i mean like it's just yeah, something that I don't think any of us will be ready for. So I don't know. And, and in all honesty, I don't have a death. I don't think anyone's going to die per se, but I think people are going to be placed. Me too. Me in too. In certain situations. And it's like, okay, I'm good here. Yeah. And I'll I just agree. stay here. So as far as like an actual death, like, you know, going down, I'm sure there's going to be some, but I think nothing too wild like I th- not too much i think cap is going to go back with agent carter back right. in the day they'll put him back i before. think mark ruffalo is going to end up becoming ed norton back in the day oh jeez <laughs> that would be, actually that know would be funny that would be oh man don't i kid i kid i kid but i do think those things are going to happen yes i do mr strothers hopefully you get yes. to watch this film hopefully you get to go because i would love to hear your your take on this uh next week what is the thing that you're most wanting to see on this thing? Honestly, whatever they give me, that's, I know that sounds pretty generic, but how does it end up and how did they get there? That's what I want to see. I, I think that there's 0% chance that I'll be bummed out about anything in this film as far as how they made it all happen. Right. I hear you. I think that's the general consensus and the, the first reactions, you know how everybody got to go see right. the premiere and nobody's really reviewing it yet, but all the reactions have been people were standing up at the end. People were crying. People were laughing. People were just so excited. And, and they said it was the ending is just perfect. Whatever that means. I think you're right, Eric and boo. If we all go in an open canvas and see what they paint on it. Look at you, man. Yeah. 
It's the fucking coconut water, man. All of a sudden. King of metaphors. <laughs> Here's a crazy thing, though. We were talking about placing people. There's news about the WandaVision show that's coming out on uh, Disney+. Plus. And Elizabeth Olsen spoke to Variety, and she said the forthcoming Disney series is going to be set in the 50s. Hmm. It's very interesting, isn't it? This is what she said. There's quite a few other comic books that we're pulling from, and it's going to be Wanda and the Vision. And I think at the Disney Plus launch chat, they showed a photo of us in the 50s, Olsen said. And then Paul Bettany and I are really excited. They have a great group of writers. I think it's going to be a total of six hours. She continues. The shooting will begin in the fall. So six episodes, I would imagine, in the 50s. That's very interesting to me. I think that says a lot. Yeah, that's about a what whole we were talking about. Lot. Yeah, how they but, place the vision but they're, they're, in the 50s? I don't know, but it says they're pulling from a bunch of comic books. King Tom, I have <laughs> two thoughts about that, and and less I might need some backup here. Okay, first they they did a series a few years ago that was kind of critically acclaimed, where the Vision had a an android family. Yes, and like they lived in suburbia, and it was Vision was it, and it was Mama called vision. the. Wasn't it called Visions or, just or the say, Visions? Hold on, I think, did you just say Mama Vision? It was something like that. No, he's right. It was like the they were like the Oz. What is the name of it? The Osmonds. The uh, not not the Osmonds. What's the other one? The Nelsons. The Nelsons. Oh, yeah, Ricky Nelson. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Ozzy and Harriet. Ozzy and Harriet. Yes, Donna Reed. I was a big Donna Reed fan. I had a crush on Donna Reed. The Donna Reed Show is brought to you by Campbell Soup Company. Okay, <laughs> Nick, and, Nick, Nick and Knight. <laughs> so I'm guessing. That might be part of it. The other thing, there have been times in the comics where after Wanda has used her powers to yes, an extreme degree, she's right. experienced mental breakdowns. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of it where mentally she's fantasizing or seeing her and Vision in different time periods. Oh, that's right. Because she's a reality warper. So yeah. for her, if she decides, yeah, you're right. When she taxes herself and then the safest thing is just to retreat to the safest part. For her in and the fifties like, is very soon. And then all of a sudden she'll be in a coma and she's just playing this thing out in her mind. Nothing like a little cold war. Yeah. Get you feeling yeah. secure and safe. Yeah. Okay, that's a, I mean, yeah, that's cool then. Man. I knew King Tom would know. <laughs> it's a I don't know, it's a guess. It's a hypothesis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Lightning so, dick. Lightning dick. Lightning just, dick. Always go back to lightning dick. I thought I had a thought on seeing the title for the Wanda Vision. It's not Wanda and Vision. It's Wanda Vision. Wanda Vision's the name of it. Meaning, when she like we go back to her reality warping, this could be through her eyes. But I, we already said. I always so. think of Wanda Sykes when I see Wanda. Thank you for calling SST Tony. How may I help you? I just picked up my '92 Accord from your lot, and there is a huge turd in the back seat. And there's, there's what in the back seat? A, a turd. A piece of shit. A big ass human turd in the back seat of my car. Ma'am, I assure you, our guys did not take a dump in your car. If you want to, bring that car back and we'll take a look at it. You Oh, you want to take a look at it? My car is fine. It's that big ass turd in the back seat. Okay, what that, would you like me to do? I t- Okay, how about I go to your house and pitch a loaf on your couch? Ma'am, how about that? Ma'am, huh? what would you like me to do to fix the situation? I want somebody to come over here, get this turd out my back seat, That's clean not gonna my happen. car. 
What do you mean it's not going to happen? You can bring the car here and we can take a look at it. I am. I'm going to bring it back there. You know what I'm going to do? Huh. I'm going to take a dump in every last car you got there. I'm going to pee on your counter. I'm going to do it all to okay, show man. you how it feels. Okay, and you man. know what? You sound like a big burly man. It probably came out your ass. Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't make it a habit of going out and taking a dump in the car. How much do you weigh? Uh, About 400 pounds. That's your turd. That That's is your my turd, turd huh? Yes. That came up from a 400-pound man, huh? This is a 400-pound man, either that or a gorilla. <laughs> I feel like she's going to come out and just, like, blast somebody. <laughs> her. You know how I wanted to say? You're not like, the only one that thinks that, just, just so you know. <laughs> All right, great. Now it's time for a little Game of Thrones. So this is Season 8, Episode 2, Breakdown. And it was a great episode. It seemed to me Episode 1 was more of a, of a setup episode. And yes. This was more of a kind of like a, obviously the calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of a, I don't want to say a good feeling episode, but it was kind of for us to take in all the characters and what they've done and what they've been through. And they're all together at once. This is the first time that all the characters are together on screen at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. And then they're not fighting a war against each other. Not exactly on screen, but in the same vicinity. Yes. yes. Yeah. So I'll go with you guys. What's your take on uh, the episode before we break certain things down? It was, like you said, the calm before the storm. There are some cringy moments. Obviously, we'll get to that for the most oh, part. Oh, boy. It was pretty entertaining. It it moved things along. This weekend is going to be ridiculous. It's going to... What yeah. a week we have for just fandom and geekdom, right? Exactly. I mean, with Endgame coming out, and then this. This is the epi- next episode is going to be the mother of all episodes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, <sighs> the preparations, the stepping, you know, everybody just getting ready, and then just finally having their moment to... Kind of reminded me of the movie uh, Fury. Oh and yeah, there's a, there's a moment in Fury where they're just like, "Look, we're going in, and we got a tank one. Yeah, yep. we we're gonna do yeah, this, so one. we might as well make peace with everything. Like, either make peace with yourselves, make peace with everything around. Let's get this, knock some of these things out because it's all this stuff isn't gonna matter after the when everything hits the fan. Right, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, no, I, I agree with Les. It was a great episode. You know, like we said, you know, Les or the the season premiere was all set up. This was kind of taking everybody now because not everybody's going to be here at the end of next episode kind of thing. You you get that feel of everybody's nervous, but yet they're still, you know, there. They know why they're there. They want to be there, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, overall, it's just a great episode. Less is right. There were some cringy, (laughs) cringy moments, but a great episode, you know, it had its moments, it had its its fun, it had its serious moments, it had its heart to it, which I think, you know, next episode, and I think the rest of the season isn't going to have very much at all of heart and fun. I think it's all just going to be balls to the wall, crazy, and people dying and stuff like that. So, yes, yeah, we're going to lose a lot of guys next episode. Absolutely. And they're going to turn into walkers. We're going to straight walking uh, dead this thing. I don't, Are we going to see Tyrion as a walker? Yeah, no, that's a good question because the... Night King and the army is making their way to uh, or through Westeros to, you know, destroy everything. That's their plan. You know, we finally got what the Night King's plan is, is just 
eliminate everybody. Everything that everything that everybody knows, everyone has to be gone. You know, that kind of thing. That's his final, you know, his final plan. So how do they escape? How do they have a chance? You know, it's gonna be really interesting. They they have a plan to kill him and then, you know, continue it on. I think that would be kind of I don't know, it's interesting to if they were to do that, if they were to actually eliminate him, there's still the political intrigue after that. Let's say let's say they they do kill him in episode three. Well, they set that up. In yeah, this ex- one. yeah, exactly. So let's say they do kill him. The army's gone. Okay, Daenerys is like, okay, great. I'm still alive. I have most of my army. I want the throne. You know that kind of thing. You know, there's you know, we'll we'll break down into that and you know that that whole throne discussion. This episode started with Jamie being confronted, kind of under trial. When I was a child, my brother would tell me a bedtime story about the man who murdered our father who stabbed him in the back and cut his throat, who sat down on the Iron Throne and watched as his blood poured onto the floor. He told me other stories as well, about all the things we would do to that man once we took back the Seven Kingdoms and had him in our grasp. That was a rough one. Yeah, he had what Daenerys Sansa standing there going, okay. And John. And John. oh yeah, it was the... Uh... Yeah, he might not have made it <laughs> in the other circumstances for sure. And, and Danny was not happy with Tyrion, obviously. No, because the wool got pulled over their eyes. Yeah, they got played. They should have kind of known. Danny herself should have known not to trust Cersei. And you know, Tyrion obviously thought that you know his sister was being his sister, and you know, we'll, we'll bond together over you know as we're the last Lannisters, but. Yeah, she definitely, Cersei is out for herself, so they're egg on all their faces. Egg on on their faces? Ooh, Ooh, nice. Well, the best was Sansa basically going, wow, you guys are dumb. Like, yeah, guys, in, in, <laughs> in the episode one, she definitely said that. Yeah. And even in this one, oh, yeah. it was more like... You should have known. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys are stupid. <laughs> you should have known Cersei, of all the people to trust. Yeah, it was like, really? And Sansa and Danny had a moment together. And kind of like coming together, and then at the very end, it's like, oh, see, what are you going to do with the North? Yeah, see, it's uh, that that conversation was great. It gave it gave them both what is it emotion, heart, you know, all that. And I I understand Sansa's question; it's an important question, but not right now. It just pushes the idea that nobody understands what's coming. They don't fucking get it. John is the only one who gets it. He said he said multiple times I don't want I don't want the I don't want the the uh, the crown cuz it doesn't fucking matter anymore right. man we need to live you guys don't understand he needs to pound that into their heads he's gotten all of Winterfell He's tried he's yeah. tried you know he he's done a fantastic job but it's one of those like you guys are going to fucking learn none You're of this learn today. yeah none of this matters there will be no more north there will be no more south westeros might not even exist after that night you know that kind of shit yeah so it's it's like the entire time like <laughs> Fuckers are stupid. Jesus Christ. Wait. Wait, damn it. Yeah, no, it's not and, the time. And, and, and it also says a lot about Daenerys, too. But let's get back to the um the other thing that was noticed. While Jamie was on trial, mm-hmm. Brienne of Tarth steps up. Oh, yeah. Brienne of Tarth. Like, and, totally, Tyrion. and Tyrion. Tyrion steps up, but it's like, okay, Tyrion's his brother. Everybody's like, yeah, okay, Lannister. Sit the fuck down. But when Brienne jumps up and she's like, You don't know me well, Your Grace. But I know Sir Jamie. He is a man of honor. I was his captor once. 
But when we were both taken prisoner and the men holding us tried to force themselves on me, Sir Jamie defended me. And lost his hand because of it. Without him, my lady, you would not be alive. He armed me, armoured me, and sent me to find you and bring you home. Because he'd sworn an oath to your mother. You know, it mm-hmm. gave him just enough to, for them to go, okay. And then it was repaid. His, her stepping up and the, the mutual respect between them yeah, we'll was get repaid into that. much later in yeah. the episode, which was a really good thing. Beautiful so, moment. Mm-hmm. Beautiful moment. So, yeah. So, obviously, they forgive Jamie. I, mean, I don't know if they forgive him, but they let him fight with them, which is uh, actually a smart move. And then they, we have a uh, an assembly of... Uh, Kind of like the battle assembly, right? Figure out exactly what they're going to do. We have that scene where they're all around the table. And that's actually when they're all in the same. It's the first time Mm -hmm. that they're all in the same scene together, which is awesome, man. Which is really cool to see. It made me feel like I was watching like Star Wars a little bit. You know what I mean? (laughs) How they're in the... The, the, the looking out to defeat the Death Star. Yeah, really, really cool. So that was cool. So they're trying to figure out a plan. And I love one of the, the best moments I thought of the episode was when Theon and Sansa... The look, what great acting by both of them, by the way. The look they give to each other and how happy Sansa is to see him, I thought was great. And him stepping up to sacrifice himself if he has to for Bran. Yeah, he's, kind of yeah, that's awesome. They've been through a lot. For them to look at each other and go, okay, we made it through this and now we're coming back together. Now, the, the most ugh moment is when Arya and Gandry do the nasty. Now, this was rough for me to watch because I... Rough for everybody, the entire world. I put my shirt over my head. I didn't see it. (laughs) So right when she started taking her clothes off, I was just asking Lorena, did she take it off? She's not naked, right? She's not naked. And Lorena's like, it's side boob. Literally had my shirt over my head, so I didn't see exactly what went down until she got on top of it. Even that side boob, I was like, that's not her. Uh, Yeah. No, I think that was a double or some CG of some kind. I think it was a double. No, it looked like CG at some point. Because you're right. I didn't do the uh, shirt over my head, but I... My my, I got my hair stood up, and I'm like, "What the hell's about to happen here?" You could tell in her eyes, like in her, oh look, yeah, she like walks in there. This whole season smack. so far, the first two episodes, she's yeah, all she's about just it, looking like, "All right, I got to get mine, and I'm gonna get some Gendry." I mean, good for Gendry, and good for both of them. I mean, I get it, but I just, you know, I don't see her as that. I still see her as the that's the, point. the little girl. She grew up, and she's front 18 of us. on the show too. By the way, they pointed that out, and it's just oh no 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 no. Like that no. makes it any better. We've seen her grow up. Yeah. You know, what is it? When she first started on the show, she was actually 14. Now she's 22. Yeah, she still looks like she's when she was 15. 14. She looked like she was 11. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, it's still oh, creepy man, as it hell. Was tough. It was really tough. Was tough. Like I, I gnarled my fingers. The other thing on the other side of that is, well, they all might die. So. Yeah, no, yeah, it, yeah. That's it, why it happens. It makes sense. Totally yeah, it makes sense. sense. Doesn't I, mean I so want to watch you it. Gotta right. do it. Yeah, it's just. I think. I think the same could have been delivered with that. You know that it happens. Kind of like with, uh, like with uh, John and Daenerys when he closes the door. We didn't need to see them actually have sex. You know what's happening. Right. Same thing could happen with them too, where oh. you it pans away and you know that they. Yeah, bang. but they got they got nasty though. That's they I, I that didn't door. need the. I didn't need you had the. Opposite. I'm going to say that this is Game of Thrones being Game of Thrones, oh, yeah. and the nudity and all the the sexuality in the show is in your fucking face. So let's move on to the nicer side. A very, I think, beautiful moment on the show is when Brienne gets knighted by Jamie, and I thought that was a really cool scene. 
And it did the whole round uh, drinking in the round, talking. Uh, I thought that whole thing was fantastic and it was done really well. And I think it might be the only time we, we see Brienne smile. In the name of the warrior, I charge you to be brave. In the name of the father, I charge you to be just. In the name of the mother, I charge you to defend the innocent. Arise, Brienne of Tarth, a knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, throughout the entire show. Time, yeah, so it was it was great, and I crazy that Jamie's become this kind of this. I don't know. He's not becoming a hero per se, but he's definitely sympathetic now to all of us. Like I don't want to see Jamie die. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that that room was foreshadowing for me. You, so yeah, I was talking to Les about this at work. You oh, think everybody's dead in this room? I'm gonna say everybody in so. that scene is going to be affected. Well, it, yeah, I want to say, of course, all of them are gonna be affected. I'm gonna say that in each and every one of them. That's why I'm saying the foreshadowing is is each and every one of them talked about what battles they survived. Some of them, like Sir Davos, was like, I have no combat experience, and I've survived all these battles. Big ones, he's great. awesome. He's awesome. Tyrion actually hacked some guy's leg off in the Battle of the Blackwater on the against. Yeah, Sir Tyrion Dominic. held his own, man. So he survived. Pod helped kill Sir Mirren Trant. I mean, he has a big to dick. Kill, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, who's Pod trying to the kill Rod? So it's like all these people have survived battles or fought major fights. Brienne beat the Hound single combat, but I think at least three of the people there are not going to make it out. So. Oh man. Just foreshadowing for me. And I really sucked because I was like, oh, these guys are. And then we got a really nice moment. I don't know if this was before or after. This was before, I guess, when the hound sat there with Arya and they talked it out. They had a little moment and she talked shit on both of them. Well, she talked, the other guy showed up. Um, Beric Nondaren. Beric Nondaren, yeah. He said, I don't want to die with you fucking losers. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. That was pretty <laughs> I'm going to go bang Gandry. Yeah. But, uh, or was she trying to sleep with the hound? Oh, I'm no. kidding. I'm kidding. It was no. a joke. Whoa. That would be awful. That would be awful. <laughs> it was now, never in the cards, man. <laughs> she looked around and she's like, yeah, I'm going to get the blacksmith. He's going to hammer it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on, man. Don't need that. You just said hammer it out. Aye. It's awful. Well, we end the show with... Who's that? Leanna Stark. My brother, Rhaegar. Everyone told me he was decent and kind. He liked to sing, gave money to poor children, and he raped her. He didn't. He loved her. They were married in secret. After Rhaegar fell on the trident, she had a son. Robert would have murdered the baby if he ever found out, and Lyanna knew it. So the last thing she did... As she bled to death on her birthing bed, was give the boy to her brother, Ned Stark, to raise as his bastard. My name, my real name, is Aegon Targaryen. That shit just rolls and, right on over. Yeah, rolls over them, and then the I thought the reaction that John had was more of. I don't like what this is going to do to our relationship. No, that's exactly what it was. Not like, that I want the throne. No, it because was like, that's all uh, she thought about. Oh, which I didn't like that. No, I didn't like that because okay, so in this, that's the other foreshadowing is 
her and Sansa are talking, and Sansa's like, what's going to happen in the North? We've been fighting. We've been at war. Here you are. You are an ally to us, but we've earned ourselves our own independence here. We've, we've earned this. We deserve our own thing, and her thing was just... in. Right, Daenerys was like, mm, her body language. She didn't really say anything. She, she just, recoiled. Yeah. She recoiled. She was like, oh, well, you know. And then her whole thing has always been, my whole life has been to take the Iron Throne. Technically, it's not hers. It was It was not hers. If the king died, it was supposed to be Rhaegar's. And then Rhaegar's sons were supposed to take it, but the mountain killed his sons and his yeah. wife. So right. this is Jon's throne. But for her to like legit go... That mean for her to that means you're the rightful heir. Instantly, you just go and do this whole thing of like, well, that means you have you have claim to the throne. Yeah, and she was angry, like yeah, you she know, was not happy, and they get interrupted, dude. obviously. And I'm like, oh, look coming. at her, dude. She is. Ooh, yeah, man. I didn't like that. I didn't like. Not that. cool, man. Not a good look. With that scene, she kind of reverted back to being a Targaryen, angry, yeah. power mad, power hungry, all of that. Or you just see, a reflection she has, drag- of she has dragon's blood. Yeah, she has dragon. No, but she. But she, it's like a really reflection like of Cersei. It's like win at all costs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Screw you. I could care yeah. less. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was oof, really, really weird. Man. Yeah. That pretty much ends the episode, and they see what's coming, and it's the the army of the dead are, are on the march. They're at, they're at the doorstep. They're at the doorstep. Yeah. But there were some other cool notes. We saw a few seconds with Jorah and Lady Mormont together, which yes. was pretty damn cool. And she's the the and then she's the true leader of the of uh, Bear Island. You know, he could try to claim his right back, but he's like, no, it's okay. You're in charge. She wasn't gonna like have she it would way. like she would yeah, give it to him. Let's be real here. Yeah. yeah, right. And it was nice to see Jorah push for Tyrion to be forgived. That was interesting. Yeah, that yes. was really cool. And then we get Bran and Tyrion together, but we don't really know what he told Tyrion. So Tyrion knows, obviously, something. Bran yes. told him yes. his journey. We saw Davos, who met a little girl with a scar on her face. Wait, but does Tyrion know that Jon is a Targaryen? He must have told him everything. That's what he Tyrion knows. Told him. Yes. Tyrion knows. He must have told him the entire yeah. story. So that's yeah. what Tyrion it is. knows. Yeah. And then uh, Davos meets a little girl with a scar on her face, which clearly reminded him of, of Shireen, mm-hmm. which was a nice little touch there. And then the Night's Watch got back together. The three remaining brothers. Whatever's left of it. Yeah. Three of them, yeah. Three amigos. Sam, John, and Dollar said. That is pretty cool. So that was your episode two, season eight. There's going to be a lot to talk about. This longest episode in history of Game of Thrones. Man, longest battle ever filmed on TV or right. movies. Took uh, three mo- weeks, I think. No, oh, I think way, way, way more than yeah. really. Yeah. Damn. Think so. That's months, cold. Yeah. Oh, they were freezing. Freezing balls. Except for Theon. He wasn't freezing oh, balls. Oh, or uh, Varys. Oh, yeah. Or let's Grey talk about Worm. that, too, man, because they're, they're actually really suck to see that. I don't know if there's a cultural significance, but she tried to make friends. And then it's like, if you look at it, he's like, we don't belong. Here. No, they're outsiders. No yeah. matter what, the North is not yeah. going to accept. It, it, yeah, the North will accept anybody. No one. Right. Yeah. And it's like. They've been betrayed a lot. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, you could kind of play that other angle of like, well, they're not used to seeing. People of color. Black people. Yeah, yeah. that so, too. Yeah. Even though they're light skinned, they're mm-hmm. very much light skinned black right. people. But, you know, just to see that kind of play out in this, it, it was it was like, okay, yeah, they're, they're, they're conscious to some of the things right. that they're, they're reflecting some of these things. That was especially cool. that was brought about about the show for the first three or four seasons. Yeah, it was uh, actually John Boyega had an issue, if I'm right. not mistaken. All right. So that was some Game of Thrones news. 
So there you have it. We had some Star Wars. We had some crazy spoilers. We had some Stephen King action. We had some Star Trek action in this episode. We obviously got into Endgame. Obviously got into Game of Thrones. And I think it's time to say goodbye. Mr. Tom Chansky, the king of all Toms, thank you again for coming on. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. We don't even have you. You're on this podcast. It's not like we're having you, buddy. Well, it's still awesome to talk to all you anyway. Thank you. Thank you for having us, <laughs> King Tom. That's what I we should thank you. Tell people where they can find you and where they can hear you other than all the rest of the podcasts that you're on, but there's something else special that you've been doing. Oh, I do a Patreon show <laughs> with Hawes Burkhardt of Blue Harvest called Masters of Harvest Kasi, where we take each episode as a look at a Star Wars video game. We've only we only have one out right now, but we're planning some others. Fantastic. Where can people find you on Twitter? Tom Chansky on Twitter. Great. Mr. Struthers, where can people listen to you sing all night long? <laughs> Nowhere. And you're <laughs> lucky. You're welcome. So check out my other podcast, the allegedly all Star Wars podcast, The Bad Motivators. We had some pretty good celebration coverage and breaking down all the crazy stuff that's coming along. Man, it's a really good show. And I think you'd probably dig it. And you can follow me on Twitter at Eric Struthers. I was sad. I was listening to your Star Wars coverage. I was sad that I, I didn't get a chance to be on The Bad Motivators. Dude, I know. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something that really, really strongly occurred to me. I heard Hawes say a similar thing about his trip, too. I'm going to hire somebody to, to do my editing, whether on Upwork or somebody that I know and trust to put together episodes for me from the next convention I'm at if it's celebration next year where I just hand them all my footage. As a matter of fact, I got a guy that I think would be really good at it that I could trust to, oh, that's to great. do it. And that way, because man, that was, it was killing me. And it, I mean, seriously, it took me hours at the end of the first few days turning out an episode. And so by then I'm like, meh. Yeah. I saw your face when I first saw you and you were dead into your editing. I was like, I ain't messing with him right now. I know how that feels. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, check them out on The Bad Motivators and check out their coverage of Star Wars Celebration. They did a hell of a job. And maybe next year we'll get to be on it somehow, some way. We'll make it happen. Mr. Carlos Borgwell, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at the Sith List Boo. Less is more. Pretty much said it at <laughs> Less is More 78. Less, you're on Facebook too. Tell people where you're at on Facebook. Blog your Facebook, man. I don't even use it, but yeah, it's. Uh... You have Instagram? Yes, I do. Let's cruise G78 on Instagram. Let's cruise G78 on Instagram. Hit him up. Ken, that's cool. Yeah. Facebook's just Les Gonzalez. Yeah. You can find me at The Sithless on Facebook, The Sithless, and Raj Dolachai, I guess. I remember my damn password to log into Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been on? I haven't been on in like two years, man. Oh, Maybe more. Lord, Lord, Lord. If you need your password, just email me later. I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's Blink-182. I guess that's the number one password is out, but people use Blink-182. Oh, I Lord. saw something on CNN that says, the government issued something. Do not use Blink-182 anymore. What's Blink-182? Oh, Don't I'm, even I'm, start. I'm fucking with you guys. Yeah, don't you dare. <laughs> I thought that song, All the Small Things, was about you. What are you talking oh. about? Oh, 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 I'm sorry, oh, man. I had to. Hankerball. Hankerball. Yeah, it's about his friends. Uh, oh, Eric. Oh, really, Eric? Eric? You're going to put yourself yeah. down Dang. like that? Wow. <laughs> Eric? Yeah, all right. You guys stayed in the same house for celebration. Uh, well, we, he had his headphones in. I'm not his friend. I'm, his, I never knew I'm not his friend. There. I'm his brother in law. So, yeah. <laughs> Les, sorry about that, buddy. 
<laughs> enjoy, by the way, everybody, enjoy Endgame and catch you next week on episode number 143 of The Sith List. I've been alone with you inside my mind. And in my dreams I've kissed your lips a thousand times. Sometimes we pass outside my door. Hello! Is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your smile. You're all I've ever wanted. And my arms are open wide. I love you, yeah. I long to see the sunlight in your hair and tell you time and time again how much I care. I sometimes feel my heart will overflow. Hello, I've just got to let you know. Somewhere feeling lonely Or is someone loving you Tell me how to win your heart For I haven't got a clue But let me start by saying I love you Hello.